Hey guys, are you one of the many fathers with sons who have lamented the fact that we've lost a sense of what it means to be a man in the church and in the world today? And also, we've lost rites of passage for sons to become men. I would love to be able to come out and talk to the men of your church on rites of passage, building sons into men. The Bible teaches that God has created men to worship, work, protect, provide, lead, and love. And what I've done is built these rites of passages in a malleable way so you can take these, adopt them, or change them to suit your church or your particular son so they can have a clear vision of what manhood is and how to get there. If you would like me to come for a seminar or conference, please reach out to me and we can work out the details. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This ministry exists to provide coaching, resources, and events for pastors and church members. My name is Jared Sparks. Join me as I talk pastoral ministry, applied theology like manhood and womanhood, political theology, and cultural analysis with a little bit of hunting and fishing thrown in. I'm a husband, a father, and a pastor, and I'm here to remind you of the chief pastor and our king, Jesus. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Shepherd's Creek Podcast. I hope you're doing great today. We're going to consider today Baptists and Presbyterians and children, and I'm going to conclude this series on Baptist Covenant Household or Christian Covenant Household. It doesn't really matter what you call it to me. I want to thank a couple people. As I recorded this last week or two weeks ago now that I put this whole idea or concept together and been thinking through how Baptists think through covenant theology in the home, its application in the raising of our children, and what we are to expect in our children. As I've been thinking through and critiquing some of the covenant succession material that I've been looking at, and really as I've been steeping on the covenant household for several years now, just thinking through and processing through, uh, just from a classic covenant theology perspective, how this applies and what the Bible teaches and prescribes in to the federal head in the home. And just trying to think through, think through this in a, from a Baptist perspective and realizing that we are just woefully neglecting this idea within the Baptist world. I wanted to put this together and from doing that, I got a call, I was able to talk to Jerry Doris a little bit about this from Kentucky and he actually has been thinking through some of these exact same things and informed me that there's so many other Baptist brothers and sisters out there that are working through this stuff as well, just trying to understand uh, what the Bible teaches and prescribes when it comes to federalism in the home. And just want to thank those that are listening in and thinking through this as well. I think for for us, uh, we need to expect God to be faithful in our life and in the lives of our children without embracing some sort of covenant children or covenant promise to our children or that our children will for sure be saved. But we should certainly live in such a way disciple and evangelize in such a way where we expect our children to come to faith in Christ. And as I've been telling our church for several years now, we should expect that all of our children will walk in the Lord, not expecting them to rebel, but expecting them that they walk faithfully before God and others, and then pray and expect that our grandchildren would as well. And I've been working through this uh, with you and working through this, you know, here and there from podcast to podcast, but wanted to put that in a form that would be helpful. And I tried to do that in this last episode, and then I'm going to wrap this up today. And also want to thank again, Joel Webb, and I listened to one or two episodes from a year or so ago that was somewhat helpful in thinking through this as well. But uh, I know Jerry Doris is doing some good work and putting some things together. And I think in the near future, we're going to be, I think, as Baptists, being able to understand uh, some gaping holes in our theology when it comes to the home, federalism in the home. And uh, um, so 
that's on the work in the works, and I hope that uh, is going to continue to be helpful for you. Today, we're going to consider Baptist Presbyterians and children. I'm going to pray and ask for the Lord's help, and then what I want to do is show how much common ground we have in this discussion. And in so much talk of either defection or Presbyterians recruiting Baptists to come their way, or Baptists being butthurt about it, I think as we look at this and we come to the conclusions of what I'm, I'm talking about today, we're going to get to the end and realize, man, there's so much that we actually have in common with each other about, and and you know the frustrations that we have as confessional reform folks with those that we see, you know, differently with covenant theology. If we look at its application, the application of how we follow the commands in the home and in the the church and in the world, I think there is, again, so much in common, not just with our confessions, but with our application of of even our, our belief in what we are to do in the home. So let's go ahead and pray and ask for the Lord's help, and then we'll dive in. Father, we just thank you for this time. Ask for blessing. Help me to think through this. Uh, thank you for the other brothers. Thank you for Jerry Doris and his encouragement this week and others that are thinking through and listening in. I just ask for that, that you would just help us to be faithful in the home. That's what we're wanting. As, as men, help us to be faithful in all that you've called us to do from the home outward. And I trust you're going to do that. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Baptist, Presbyterians, and children. So this is part two of Baptist Covenant uh, Household. Now, for Baptists and Presbyterians, when we think about children, what do we believe about children? Well, the first thing we have to recognize is that both Baptists and Presbyterians believe that their children are unregenerate. They both believe that. Good old Westminsterian Presbyterians believe that their children are not born again. They do not believe they're regenerate. They must be born again. But the Presbys clearly believe that their children are covenant children. They are in the covenant, but they are not necessarily born again. That's why they call all the visible church, Presbyterians call all the visible church Christians. And when Owen Strand and G3 and others and Scott and Ole and all this want to make this like Christians are only those who are born again, I understand exactly what they're saying, but they're also being, I think, conscientiously unfair to those who are calling the visible church Christians and trying to, again, make this battle or fight for some reason with, whether it be Doug Wilson or other Presbyterians, that is a little bit unnecessary. And it's like they're willfully ignoring the verbiage or the language that some Presbyterians use when, when talking about you can be Christian or in the covenant but not born again. And obviously I reject that, but I understand what they're saying. I understand that what they're saying is anybody that's in the visual, is visible church, they are Christians. So a uh, unregenerate uh, covenant child is a Christian. They're not saying that they are born again, but they're saying they're a Christian. So I get what they're saying. Again, I disagree with them, but I get what they're saying. The agreement that we both have then is even though I don't call my children Christians that are not born again yet, and I've not bab- they're not baptized, what our common ground with Presbyterians and Baptists is that we both believe our children are unregenerate. That that's critical. So just uh, for the Presbyterian, being in covenant with God doesn't necessarily mean you are justified or right with God or born again. You can be in covenant, but not justified. You can be a Christian, but not born again. So that right there, if you understand that, that's going to understand when you you start reading or or start listening to the conversation more broadly, you can understand the language. This can help you, bring you up to speed on some of the language that's being used that confuse a lot of people when a Presbyterian or somebody of of Doug Wilson's flavor will say that all the baptized church and even the Catholic church, if they're baptized in, in a Trinitarian baptism, then they are visibly, they are Christians. Therefore, Children of believers are Christians. That's the kind of language they'll yield. And, that, and for the Baptists, you're like, oh my gosh, they're, they're saying that they're born again. They're not saying they're born again. They're saying they're part of the visible church. And I've heard this directly from Doug Wilson and others, uh, and other Presbyterians, and all Westminsterian uh, Presbyterians believe that children must be born again, that even covenant children must be born again. But they're promised. They believe they're promised. That they are, that every every child of a believer is promised the Holy Spirit and uh, therefore, that's that's what they're holding on to. They're they're claiming the promises, standing on the promises, as they as they say. 
Now, while we reject that as Baptist, and I reject that, and I believe, I keep using the word Baptist, but I'm just trying to say Christian here. Just trying to be faithful to, to what the Bible has to say. Uh, I do not believe that the Bible promises our children. I do not believe our children are in covenant with God, but, but our children are immensely blessed by God to be a part of a Christian family in a home that believes in the law of God, the gospel of God, and is going to put them in proximity to the people of God. I believe the way Jerry says it is, uh, Jerry Dorr says it, is that God has put uh, children of believers in proximity or parallel to the new covenant. And I like that. I think that's a good way to say it. They are in proximity. They are parallel. They are side by side with with the new covenant. And we also certainly believe that they are sinners, that they are in need of being born again, just like our Presbyterian brothers and sisters. But we do not believe that they are promised, nor do we believe that they are in covenant with God, but they are blessed by God immensely by his predetermined plan to put these children in the context of a home that loves and adores God's law and God's gospel, that loves God's people and wants those children to be in proximity to God's people. We believe, then, that our children must be born again to be in the covenant people of God, to be in covenant with God, and that Jesus perfectly represents all that are in covenant with him to the Father. Here's the deal. Both Presbyterians and Baptists, we are not satisfied, Presbyterians shouldn't be satisfied that their children are baptized. They are not satisfied that they are called Christian. They shouldn't be. They should not be satisfied until that child is born again. They are looking for these evidences of grace. They're looking for God-given faith. They're looking for repentance and faith. They're looking for God to save their children or redeem their children or regenerate their children. They're looking for repentance and faith. The Baptist obviously should not be satisfied that they dedicated their child to the Lord, that, that their child is immensely blessed by being born into their home, by hearing the law and the gospel and being in proximity to the church. We long for, we're not satisfied with that. We long for our children to be born again. As Presbyterians aren't satisfied that their children are simply baptized, Baptists aren't satisfied that they're simply in proximity to the church or parallel to the new covenant or in, born into a family of believing, uh, believing parents. Now, we're on the same boat, right? We th- th- That right there puts us all in the exact same boat. We're all in the same boat. Baptists, Presbyterians, all in the exact same boat, longing for our children to be born again, praying for our children to be born again, not satisfied that they are where they are until they, the, the law of God does its work and the gospel of God does its work, and until then they're welcome into the fellowship of the church. This is welcome to the table, welcome to the Lord's table, unless you're you know a pedo communion folk uh, guy as well. This is what we're desiring of. Now, let's just uh, summarize this. Both Baptists and Presbyterians believe their children are sinners. They both believe that they need to be born again. They both believe that apart from the sovereign grace of God, we're not satisfied with the common grace of God. We're thankful for the common grace of God. We're thankful that God has done what he's done in the lives of our children. But when it comes to how we view children, both are in the spot of viewing their children as sinners who need to be born again. We're on the same team here. That, I mean, that's what we want. So when we're laying out the gospel for them and we're praying to 
uh, and we are teaching our children to pray to our Heavenly Father. That's what we're doing. We're teaching them to do that because it's not just our children that should be praying that. The commands of God in prayer from Jesus to the disciples and to all of God, uh, God's people and to all the world is teaching even non-regenerate people how to pray. They, they should be doing this too. The law of God isn't just for the people of God or just for your children. Everybody should be praying and obeying God's law. They're not. They're rebelling against God's law, but they should be obeying God's law. So we, everyone should be praying to God as Father. That's what they should be doing. That's what we're called to do. With our children, we're teaching them to pray to God as Father, Baptists and Presbyterians. And our hope is, and our prayer is, not that they would just be a part of the visible church, you know, not just that they would go through catechesis and be able to answer every question, but our hope is that they would be born again. That's what we want. We want them to feel deep sorrow for their sins, and it's not a drugs to Jesus story if they're going to be raised in a Christian home. It's going to be a very normal, uh, I grew up and this is all I knew. And then later on, there's going to be dots that connected to realize that my goodness, apart from God's grace, I was doomed and I was a sinner against a holy God. There's going to be dots that are going to have to connect later on after they have repented and believed as there are for everybody. As the, you know, the longer we walk with the Lord, the more and more we understand God's grace and his mercy to us. But we are all in the exact, how we view our children. We view them as, as boys and girls born into sin who need the special sovereign grace of God to save them. That's what is needed. And that's where the common ground is. So when we think about then the application of what we are to do as the patriarchal head of our home, we look to book to any kind of book on, on the household and our the application of our fatherhood is going to be very similar in how we father, how we discipline, how we raise them up in the way God would have us raise them up. This whole series then and, and talking about the Baptist covenant family it's not like there's a whole reworking of how we understand discipleship and our evangelism in the home or evangelism and discipleship in the home. If we understand that Presbyterians, and if they're accurate to their confession, then there is the belief that their children must be born again. And therefore, much of the application of law and gospel in the home is going to be the exact same. It's going to be identical. Therefore, read uh, The Covenant Family by Doug Wilson and enjoy every bit of it and realize that we're on, we, there's so much common ground for us. And so my other uh, Baptist brothers that are working through this, uh, don't think that we have to reinvent the whole wheel, even though I said there's a wide open door for work on this for understanding the federal household. When it comes to uh, God's commands to fathers uh, and then uh, to the one flesh wife as a delegate of that authority to the children, when it comes to things like education or discipline, those sorts of things, there's common ground. And help us to remember that. God, help us to remember that, that when it comes to even covenant theology itself, when it comes to boots on the ground application, we are in the same boat in a lot of ways. So, guys, thanks so much for listening. I hope this has been helpful. And for those that are doing this work, uh, please continue to do it. And let's continue to, uh, to develop a more robust uh, covenant household understanding as Baptists. And then for fathers and mothers, help us to understand our role within that, uh, fathers in particular. Okay, guys, thanks so much for listening. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. For any questions, comments, or thoughts about this, please reach out to me. If this is spreading to you, it's found your way to you because you've been looking for, for content like this, well, then reach out to me. Uh, and I'm sure you'll be able to help me think through things better than I have. And, uh, you know, for guys like Jerry or anybody else, say, hey, reach out to me. My number's on my website. And uh, just feel free to, to reach out. I would love to talk to you. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks again for listening to the Shepherd's Crook podcast. For more information, you can go to theshepherdscrook.co. Please consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes. And if you want to become a member of the Shepherd's Crook, please message me and we'll get you on the list. We hope you have a great rest of your day.